want to say a big welcome to a new friend. So welcome, Katie. How are you? Thank you. I'm very happy to be here and meet a new friend who's lying the groundwork as well. Oh, thank you. And for our listeners today, we're going to cover the topic of how social media is affecting behavior in athletes and students and how social media is impacting performance at school and in their sports. It is a link. You can't you can't unlink this link. Yes. It's the, how the brain functions in both arenas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and connected. all of it's connected. Their well-being, yeah. their performance, um their the outcome of how they perform in life, all of it. Yeah. The brain yeah. goes everywhere with them, so that's Yeah. What- Yep, that does. behavior goes with them. So, uh, Katie, can you tell us a little bit about your experience and how you came into this role of being a social media educator for the school system? Which, yay, we sure. need you. We yeah, like thirty million of you. Yeah, I know we do need thirty million of me because yeah. I'm getting a little tired. <laughs> um, so yeah. I started this program about ten years, just ten years ago. I went to open school night for my twins when they were entering sixth grade, which was at that time, the big time when everyone got their first. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, So the principal was talking about all the problems technology was bringing into the school on the field in our communities. Right. And I literally walked up to her after and I said, we're the first generation of parents doing this. We don't know what we're doing. So what is it that they're doing wrong? So at that time, I had no social media. I really didn't know I was new at it all. And she told me about the pictures without clothing being sent, about the unkindness and about all this stuff. That's who made what team, who didn't, what all the bragging, as I call boasting, is not posting. And um, I said, well, it sounds like there's no rules. It sounds like these kids were given a device without any guidelines, which they did. And my no expectations, no boundaries, right? Nothing. Myself Just included. Go use it. Right. So now my oldest is 25 and my twins are 21. So I'm going to say 27 and below are the ones who really were fully immersed with it. And so I said, well, let me, let me think. I was, a, I'm a classroom teacher. And I said, let me think about how I can help the situation. So I went to her a month or so later and I said, okay, these are the rules. Don't write things you wouldn't say face to face. Don't, you know, send pictures without clothing on. Uh, Exclusion. What is empathy? How do we show empathy behind a screen? All of those things. So I do think that there is not a parent on the earth that doesn't want the best for their children. Yep. However... What happened was technology came in really fast. One, us not being technologically savvy. Did we not all happen. weren't prepared to handle no. the behavioral changes. No. Right. But here we are. We are 20 plus years into this. Oh, and now we're in chaos. We're all in chaos. <laughs> Education is in a collapse mode. Health right. is almost collapsing in our country. Right. And that's, and that's with, with paid health care. <laughs> well, that's another thing I want to say, because I'll be posting this as well. Right. You're in Canada. I'm in the States. Yes. So the same thing. We're one in the same. So what's happening here is happening now. So when I went to the schools and I gave them rules, all the teachers lived in other communities. 
and they're like, can you come to ours? Can you come to ours? And it really took up a mind of its own. So yes, it really did. And the reality of what I give and what I do and what I'm trying to do is until laws and policies are put in place. Well, we, yeah, we can only hope. And, 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 and physicians and we listen to the community start monitoring it in their family clinics. How much time did you have? Oh, nine. How is this healthy when the kids literally in the summer and they're supposed to be outside tanned, right? This child has no muscle tone no because muscle they're 15 and been inside for 10 years. Some kids don't even know what Play-Doh is because their parents don't want to clean it up, but they, they've never touched it. This was a kindergarten teacher in a interview with me. She, oh, this is what kids say. They're allowed to watch it, but not play with it. With no fine, with very little fine motor skills. They can't hold a pencil. They can't hold a crayon. That's the first, yeah. OT, PT, speech is being delayed. Oh, There's all of it. so many things being affected. And when I first started, people really did think I was crazy. They're like, ah, it's just, it's no different than reading a newspaper when you're in front of someone. It's no, I said, no, 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 no. no. It's different reaction in the brain. Oh, it's just like watching a TV program. Our parents were about that with the TV programs. I said, this is not the same. This not is to an undeveloped brain. Let's add that in there. Right. Not to a child who has not gone through puberty, not through a child that knows who they are and their self-identity. Let's put right. that aside. And now we're giving them the biggest world towards addiction and comparativism. And now we have three medical studies. I didn't know if I shared that with you, Katie, the other day. There was three medical studies that I've came upon, one from American pediatrics, one from British. I can't remember the third, but it was claiming that social media, the hours on social media directly affect self-esteem, depression, oh. and loneliness. And it then for me, as a sports like cognitive behavioral specialist, we see this as affecting their performance. It's a direct cycle. So here's the sweet spot. I'm happy to share this with parents. We know that phone use under two hours a day has minimal effects, but I still see effects. But these kids and athletes, professional, I will include Olympic. Oh, yeah. This, it seems to be two hours a day and no, so hardly any social media. These kids are excelling and of they're course. killing it. But the kids that are on four plus hours a day, they're like, oh, this kid's going to be the next LeBron James. He plays for this NCAA. I'm like, how many hours of phone use is he on a day? Seven. Okay, no. Um, and I bet you there's how do you get better patterns. Well, I mean, if you want to be good at TikTok and you're doing it seven hours a day, that's 28 hours a week. That's 120 hours a month. You're going to be good at TikTok. If you really want to be good at your sport, you have to be doing more than what's on your phone. Right. So parents don't come and say your child needs more playing time unless their practice time becomes more than their TikTok time. <laughs> but like other thing also for athletes is the passion, your true joy for it was because you enjoyed that sport, right? Yeah. There's, there's an overload of curating your life and saying, oh, yeah, I made this team, or yeah, this, or yeah, that. And this becomes the most important. And how many likes, and how many claps, and how many this, and videoing every game, videoing every picture, oh. 
parents putting this up, it now becomes a, a job. competition amongst all a job parents and children. Right. But the child feels like he is a job. And instead the, of a son, they're a the, project. Right. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. And when we and that's the other thing, when we make children products, we're in trouble. We're in trouble because number one, they feel they have to perform instead of finding the passion behind it. And yes, being a collegiate athlete, being a, a, a high level athlete, of course, it's not joyful. I mean, you see how much work it goes into it, but there has 20 to be 20 hours a week of work. Right. NCAA, that's what they're legally allowed to hone them to. Right. You, you know this because your right. daughter Right. And we work with the a lot of different NCAA athletes. Doesn't even matter the sport. They're legally NCAA is not allowed to work with them more than twenty. Right. Right. So yeah. And think about that. And That's how not even school. Time. And there's no legally how much time you're allowed on social media. Yeah. Which is weakening them. And what really social media is doing, especially the early years. You, by allowing your children on social media in the younger years, you are allowing society, everybody to tell your children who they are. Instead of figuring out. Instead of them learning themselves, what makes me tick? What do I like? What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? Who are my real friends? They don't, I have to tell you. Don't you get me started on the friendship thing with social media. (laughs) Many kids do not even trust their real friends because of social. Do you find, Katie, like I'm finding that the athletes that we speak to and even just my own kids and talking to their friends and everything that they don't know who they trust because of the experiences they've had in Snapchat where they're cut out of a group, brought in a group, cut out of a group, brought in a group. You're not talking to them while they're hosting a fancy party at a really cool place and you want all your friends there, then they all come to the party and then they get you out of the group. They don't know how to make friends. They only know how, I, I know a girl who went on a date with somebody when they found them on a dating app at 15 and she had no idea who this guy was. Well, and this you. is becoming a frequent thing, right? Yes. And at 15. She's and, like, well, I don't and, like anybody in my school. I don't know how to meet anyone. You're at a school of 2000 people. Get off the dating apps. They have backdoor access to all your private information. Get off of them, especially dating apps for younger people. The the access that it's not secure. So that's no. what I worry about and tell athletes too, right? Like you can't you can't be on these things. So uh, and plus, how did you know them and why did you go and did you not vet them? Do you did you find but out they're a real the person? This is the problem. It and I say this to parents all the time. This is the cycle of what happened. Oh, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion, this is what happened. I'm going to draw it. You go. I'm going to draw okay. it. Then I'll post it with my. Okay. Our generation, for me, my generation was the first generation in my family to go to college. My parents were of the greatest generation. So I'm on the, I'm on the youngest of a large family. So we went to college and my generation and my friends did better say um oh, they, monetarily we, financially. No, 50. we did we did very well we didn't we had right. minimal problems right 
No, but I'm saying financially, we did better than our parents. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah. So now we got a few bucks in our pockets and we are now raising children. So we're raising children in a way very different than our parents. Completely different. I call it the servicing out generation. Every parent right. wants their kids serviced out, driven somewhere, so a true. therapist, a, a staff. You have a but staff. I'm not going to connect with them. Right. And you have a staff who does this, who does that, who the blah, blah, blah. And I'm not talking mega money. I'm talking, you know, people who are comfortable, right? So that parent, as we know, overparented. We know they gave them too much, the clinics, oh. the this, the trainers, the the tutors, the everything. So our children learned, I can't do it by myself. I am not strong enough. I need a support system, which we all need a support system, but we that's not what we, well, I had. You're, a, you're speaking to a different actual oh, support system, but they don't know how to connect and make it happen. Right, right. right. Yeah. So now, and I'll, I'll use myself for an example. When my kids were younger, it was, okay, you got soccer, you got this, you got that, blah, 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 get in the car, get in the uniform, this, that. I was orchestrating all that. I played sports. My calendar was next to my bed. My mitt was under my bed so my brothers didn't steal it. So I had yeah, it. Before. Yeah, or your bat, the bat you yeah. liked. And... So my brothers wouldn't steal it. Yeah. Made sure my bike was locked up because someone else was going to take it. I'm talking by third grade. Well, we were far more into, like, I saw a kid the other day, five years old, walking to school by himself. I was like, that's, they're fully capable of walking yes. to school by themselves. Well, I, the stop signs by my corner of my house, every parent, every morning is holding the backpack until the bus comes. Oh, Lord, don't let them hold the backpacks, parents. They got to wear that, But that's, that is a microcosm of where it begins, Right. So I can't even hold my own pack, get backpack. Okay. So then we busied them and we got them the tutors and we got them this and we got them this. And now any little bump in the road, mommy comes to the rescue. Daddy comes to the rescue. They yell at the school. They get on this team. They do what they have to do. I know. And then. And they didn't I, earn it. Let's go back to that. They didn't earn the spot on the team. No. They got the spot on the team. Right. Right. Or the teacher or the whatever it is, whatever it is, the word no was never. I don't know many parents say no. I think, like I said to my, my, my kids, heard, yes. a hoodie the other day and I'm like, you, sorry. You How have many hoodies do you need? <laughs> How many hoodies do you need? This is the hoodie generation folks. So I'm like, prove to me in a 10 point argument and debate why I should buy you a hoodie when three of them are on your floor right now. And I don't see you taking care of them. If you can give me a valid argument and come up with the money for a hoodie, because you skate, you do soccer, golf, swimming, we go on vacations, you come up with this, you know, would you rather this or this money go to ice time or this money go to this or whatever. And you know what? That little exercise parents proved my point. He couldn't come up with all the reasons why he wanted a hoodie. But what this is what happened. I said no. Because I spend an enormous amount of time thinking, how the heck did we get here? And I've made many of these mistakes that I talk about. And I, as I said, 
the pandemic or whatever, I'm like, oh, we're well, in- we were going down the hole before the pandemic. So that's we, no, no, no. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm like yeah. triage. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Like, let's just clean this up. Right. And I own it. I have to own it. And parents, yeah. you never I never want to come across like don't do that because believe me, I made plenty of my own mistakes. But there is a general I, do, I make mistakes theme, daily. <laughs> general theme yeah. of enabling. Oh, yeah. And a theme, and our children are suffering from it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now throw social media in it. And a school system, like you said, is caving to parents. And it's this cycle of, I don't want my kid to have a bad feeling. Lack of accountability. Lack, lack of accountability. accountability building, lack of psychological development. Because we're catering. Right. School gives in because they're like, okay, you're going to sue me. You're going to this. You're going to that. I can't deal with this. Yeah. And who suffers? The, the child. Right. But but here's when, when we do, when we go into schools and I, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but we, through the Mental Game Academy, also do educational consulting because that's what I originally did. Right. Um, we use the Mental Game Academy programs to give them mental skills to figure out who they are so they become less behaviorally inclined, right? So they know who they are. They know what their problems are. Now we give them solutions and tools to learn how to deal with those emotions. Bam, the principals are happy because they spend 20% of their time or sorry, 67% of their time with 20% of the population. But if I educate that 20%, they don't have any other problem kids. Now they can devote that work to guess what? All the social media crap that's going on the schools, nude photos, nude videos, bullying, cyberbullying. I had a principal say to me, I did my master's in education to help. And our politics don't allow us to have progressive education here in Canada. And our unions don't allow it. They, I believe our unions now have protected too much of a teacher's time instead of the service to the child, like the best curriculum, the best time, the best schedule. We don't have strong curriculum anymore we have basically no phys ed curriculum to speak of we're not producing athletes or even a healthy generation out of it anymore we used to when i look back at the 90s we were doing all that and they're still almost working the same amount of hours so you have to say what changed say that again in the 90s in the 90s yes we had healthier kids better phys ed curriculum better communication with parents because there was less tech more face time Right, and uh-huh. I think there is a dis, dis oh. a dysfunctional route between the disconnect when we when you add tech, you're all disconnected. When a community is given more face time in a school, it's hard to be mean or hard yeah. to bring down a teacher or a parent that's helping out and talking. And part of one of the things that we go into school and do. And this is sort of a European model. Germany does it in other countries in England where you actually have a marking app, Katie. So like, so if I'm a teacher, I put in, I put in the marks for the child, like that day, the marks go instantly home to the, to the parent and the child, because the report card, I have to say is a Neolithic idea. Now the report cards come too late. The behavior has gone on for 12 weeks. I don't care about marks. I, I want to learn. We need to be in face in education with behavior, right? And in sports, yes. it's behavior. How do you feel? Yeah. Like if you tell me that your, your kid is 
not attentive, not being independent, can't focus, there's something behavioral going on, right? The grades will reflect that. So I know if you're getting 60s and 70s, you're not paying attention, something's going on. But parents just care about those grades. So let's let's take this all out. It's so much easier when I had a marking app. I'd put it all on my phone. The parents saw their kid bomb the test right away. The feedback was faster. And then I would report to the parent, you know, uh, the grade 12 English or something. You know, I've noticed Johnny a little bit um, quiet this week and just not answering questions. And I'm a little concerned and usually he's pretty sociable. And I just wanted you to be aware of this. Uh, and, and I care about what's happening. Is there anything I should know? Or is there anything going on in his life that I should be aware of? I did this all year for parents. I never had a parent complaint when I taught. I was very upfront and asked for parents to come to the school. Right. On parent night, my parent night was more about behavior than any grades that I could No, I dealt with behavior. And the more we do it, the more the kids benefit. Oh, we're completely backwards. Not backwards forever. Mm -hmm. If kids feel good, they will do good. It's it's confidence, connection, excel. It's it's just so now you think the good grades gonna make them feel good, but that's that's not how it works. No, it doesn't work. There's a danger in the parents having we have um I forget the name of it, what it was called when we could see the grades or whatever. And I didn't look once I said, because then it made me responsible. And I said to my son, I said, if you have a problem, you have to come to me because I, I'm micromanaging. I've, I had parents telling me like, oh, do you know what they got on the test? Do you know this? I'm like, why am I having this conversation? That's yeah, not. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. And then now when we are to go back to the schools, what social media and phones are doing in the schools mm. is disrupting. Actually, no, sorry, that is the wrong verb. I want to say perpetuating the addiction cycle in their brain. And as an educational leader, I would be taking all phones out of the school or banning them from all classroom, even lunchtime, because the kids oh, even lunchtime. Most importantly, lunchtime, that's when they can socialize. Right. And you say you can't make friends. Well, they're not learning how to. Right. So this is part of the problem. So as an educator and a leader, thank you to those schools that have done this. I am very proud of you. It is the way of the future in the digital age. But also now we're learning that there's too much tech time, computer time. And so their grades are going down in their brain because they're not taking the information from short term. Right. Because they have to be in order for information like, you know, this, Katie, but I'll just say this to listeners. So listeners, parents, coaches, in order for them to retain information, our brains have to actually be calm. OK, so the brain actually can't be agitated. The nervous system, you can't be anxious. You can't be you have to be concentrating. So let's say we're talking about Macbeth, all the information that outline in act two, scene two, what happens with Lady Macbeth. We're going over this scene we're going over her soliloquy, like whatever. But if you're on a phone, you check it. The short-term memory can't mm-hmm. retain the information to work it, see it, massage it, talk about it, put it into the long-term. It stops. So a lot of kids have all this information in short-term memory, it disappears. And this is why we're seeing now a lot of information in long-term memory over here in grades. GPA now in boys in the U.S. has dropped significantly. They call it digital dementia. Oh, yeah. Well, there. There is a few physicians 
and I believe they're neurologists who are now not claiming, but they're linking and postulating that 16,000 hours of phone time by 18 or by 16 is causing a delayed development in the brain and dementia earlier in their 20. Now they, they can't, I don't have, and I won't say I have evidence for this because we don't, but they're now the physicians, psychiatrists, and neurologists that we've been speaking to in pediatrics are now saying that this is a real danger because I didn't know this. It was so cool, Katie. I learned about the brain from this other neurologist and they say that our brains learn and protect themselves with a, what did he call that? A liquid or a, um, a shield, uh, um, sorry, uh, a neuro, I like, know. let's just say it's, like neuroplasticity. it's neuroplasticity. And the more we talk, the more we protect, we protect our brain from all the neurological disorders. So talking is actually a defense to your brain, like it protects your brain. But if we're having a quiet generation of kids sitting for six hours a day, instead of playing, talking, socializing, well, he believes, and I won't say who, because I'm waiting for the result. Mm -hmm. These few pediatric neurologists are waiting to see the long-term effect, right? And that we'll see early dementia. They're even saying 20s. So the the more that we see this pattern happening, I think it'll be like uh, one of our partners, Fiona Birch, made a good had a good analogy for this. It's kind of like tobacco smoking. Oh, like I, we, for six my years, book, I talk all about it. that. We didn't yep. believe it. We didn't believe it. Now, once all the cancer that came from it, and all of a sudden we put a stop to it through the Heart and Stroke Foundation, right? And and here anyway, and now we're really working on. Now we don't have as many people. Well, I'm not supposed it's to, but you know the exactly. warning, you know it's a thing. So is this going to be a medical warning and kids won't be allowed social media under the yes, age? Yes. I think it will be. I think because our hospital this, education. This is where we are right now. Yeah. Exactly in my first book. Oh, I right, which, which you haven't, I haven't got yet. By okay. The way. I know. And I'm excited I had to for get that. your number. I had to get your number. They needed your number. Anyway. Okay. okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, I said that this is no different than the tobacco companies in the tobacco companies knew they were well aware prior to the Surgeon General putting warnings on. Oh, yeah. We're talking 40 years. Mm -hmm. Okay. We don't have 40 years to lose a whole. No, we don't have 40. I think this will be shut down in the next 10. I'm hoping because education is going to the point where we're working with different educational consultants. Yeah. And I'm saying, well, this is public education. Guess what? You can, you can say now and hold behavior accountable again, because you can say if your child, let's say you get 10 whammies by grade five, if your child, that's not a word we use. Okay. Well, whatever it is, like a demerit, 10 misconducts. Right. Okay. Then your child has to stay home for school. I'm sorry, but but public education is a right. It's a privilege, right? If you don't follow the behavioral guidelines of how to behave in school, teachers used to have only one child that was misbehaving. Now they have 16 out of 30. So I don't even know how I would like it in the classroom, but I would would be having no phones, no rules, and please stop playing Candy Crush or using social media with your kids in school from home. That's another issue parents have to stop right now. Stop Uh, texting your kid during a school day. I never do. 
I never do. I I just make sure that we did all of the necessary I, instructions when I present before to school. Parents, when I present to parents, which is my favorite, yeah, because I really they do, parents really aren't aware as I would think they should be at this time. Ten years ago, I get it. Not now. When now I was now it's starting, too obvious. It's when too I was starting, there was like one story every six months. I'm writing for medium.com every month. I'm taking a different topic and writing for them every month and talking about all of these things. When I say to parents not to text their child at school, they look at me like this. When I say school is a place for your children to, to learn and so Yes, right? That what do you want for dinner? Oh you know? God, I've never asked my kids what they want for dinner. They get what they get. Yeah, well, yeah. when you don't get upset. So um, one of the things I say is my personal opinion is that I think school should be a self-free zone. Oh yeah. Kids, exactly what you're saying. Kids can well, not have the leadership. Class. They don't have the control. And and what this does is, and and to add to your credit, your 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 parents' credit, bucket, because parents, it's students. Well, the schools have to have the leadership to say no, and they don't need phones anymore. For thousands of years, we we operated without phones. And well, actually, they, well, here's the new here's the new psychological evidence that phones mm-hmm. link and tether themselves to the child and parent, and the yeah, parent. Middle court. The parent wants the child to answer it. Yet, here's the problem. The child gets anxious. Oh, I better answer my parents or I'm going to get my phone taken away. So the child, now you've raised their anxiety, their adrenaline, their heart rate's going up. You wonder why more kids have anxiety. It's actually not anxiety. It's a brain reaction. So when the teacher says, don't go on your phone to your parents, the child builds anxiety all day. And now their brain from being on their phone all day um, because now they want to do likes on Instagram, check a video, see the new hot meme, whatever's going on. They really don't care about math, physics, or exploring these wonderful things that are going to change the world, right? Or their world. They're too distracted by what's going on in their virtual world. And this is also, a, a, I think, a very, it should be highlighted here that this is a danger because the less kids that feel like they need to be productive in this world, We'll end up on the other side and be chaotic and cause more problems. I said this, you want to see violence. This is what's going to happen. Oh, violence is definitely erupting. Look at the shootings. The U.S. has had 472 shootings since the beginning of the year, my dad just said. Well, that's- We've had stabbings and shootings here, and we usually don't. Um, Well, that comes up at the parent things. And like, well, if there's an emergency at school, I want to be able to contact my parents. No, it actually makes the child more anxious and not pay attention to the teacher. And then they get distracted. And you ask first responders and they tell you that only creates chaos. Chaos. It does. Um, But then you hear the stories of the kid who called from the, the closet who finally got the people in Texas, you know, whatever. It's, it's, but this is a number math game. It's a one, right? right? That, and, and they were lucky where they were geographically, but they're supposed to in the classroom have eyes on the teacher, eyes on being aware instead of being 
um, in their think phone. About, think about the athletes. Okay. So now you finish a full day of school and you half listened, half learned, listen, checked your phone. Like even the schools that I go to that most schools, the policy is off and away. It's not off and away. It's off and away. Hold it on the desk. Backpacks. It's it's on them. Buzzing and dinging. So now they're oh, like, the okay, notifications. Yeah. Listen to my history teacher when I'm like, who's calling me? What's buzzing? What's this? Right. Yeah. Now they finish a full day of school of half assing. Sorry. <laughs> um, their school day, and now they're going like this into the locker room, right? And now they could be getting pumped up, talking to them, or what about the game, or getting ready for the well, getting, getting into the mindset of right. the actual job that they need right. to do for the next hour, right. right? Right. And it's like, okay, I'm going to do my last text, my last this, my last this, then I'm going to go. And now they're still thinking about that. They are not mind ready, body ready, warming up their muscles, doing whatever they have to do. Yeah. And this goes for all activities. I mean, I know, I know we wanted to do part two and we probably do, but there's one thing I wanted, wanted to cover is that social media when allowed to students at schools creates a different problem, which is, I'll give you an example. A girl, when I taught 10 years, this is 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. She wanted to go to the bathroom. I'm not joking. Mm-hmm. She's about 16. I'm teaching a business class and I only let one kid go at a time. Right. And they all take their phones to the bathroom. No one ever leaves their phones. Yes. Right. So I I'm like, okay, you got a minute. Hurry up. Right. Awesome. Come back. We got to get this done. And she goes, I, I'm, I monitor the class because I'm, I'm supplying for someone else. They're a good, they're a great kids. I like, we helped, we interacted and they were like phone work, phone work, phone work. It, the children are actually learning 40% less. If you, you look at 10 years, this is what I'm kind of postulating and a few educational, I was at spoke at the world summit. And this is kind of where they think children today are using less of their brain and they're learning less because they're actually so distracted. They're not able to get as much done anymore. This was verified also by Jerry Martin, who's been in education for 30 years as well, but she went to the bathroom. She took a video of herself, started to strip down in the stall. How did I know? How did I know this? Because her boyfriend was in the class beside me and she sent him the video and then walked back into class. Now I knew the kid. I knew his mom and dad were a doctor. My husband's a physician. And I go over and I said, I don't want to see that on your phone again. He's like, what? What? I said, I don't want to see a video like that. I don't want to see your phone in your hand in this class again. The next time I do, I will go to the principal and I also will go to your parents who I know and tell them what you're doing in school time. And the kids don't care. When you get to the point where you, they don't care, but you actually go to the parents and the parents don't care. How can my child ever do this? The only thing we we went to the principal actually, because he gave me attitude. Mm -hmm. He got in trouble. They got suspended, actually both of them. Because she sent the this and it was filmed in the school stall happened on school pornography. Teachers like I mean, you are going to eventually get sued on board time for board crime. That's what I call it. Right? If you're doing a drug deal on school time and they nail it down onto Snapchat or your 
inappropriateness is happening at school. It's only a matter of time anyway before schools shut down phones. Never even thought of that. Too much liability. Oh my gosh, yes. Like if you're allowing children to share things, you're partly criminally involved in the link if it's on your Wi-Fi. Uh, yeah, that's next. Right? That's um, Yeah, no, I'd, I'd like you to come back. Can you leave parents with three tips, Katie, that we can start monitoring, helping kids reduce social media time? Number one, at home? until okay. the laws come, the only way you can monitor their devices, because it is beyond difficult to monitor something they could be on 24-7 is getting a device like the circle and what it does, yep. it connects yep. all the devices. So you can say, all right, you've been on for two hours. It's off now. Right. Shut or, off. Right. <laughs> right. Gaming systems, everything. Yep. yep. You're right. coming down for an internet. Like I don't allow phones off our main floor. So right. that doesn't happen. Right. Already, so that's, a, of course, that's, that's a given. Um, I always say to parents, no phone, no, no table, no phone, no bedrooms. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's our same rules. Yeah. Um, and actually, I don't know if you know this, uh, Katie, you might want to meet her. Um, Rochelle Best created a software app called FYI Play It Safe. Now, what? this software goes FYI. on your phone. FYI Play It Safe. So okay. it goes on your children's phones. Yeah. And, and she started this because she wanted to catch a bully. She couldn't catch him at school. Their daughter couldn't catch it in a scenario like this, right. many scenarios. <laughs> More girls cyberbully than boys. Actually, 61% of bullies are um, divided up into mostly girls over boys, actually. So boys will do it more in person. Um, and girls do it more online. They're more conniving, manipulative. In silence. Girls will talk a little bit more. Right. So she developed a software where literally on the phone will take a snapshot of what your child is actually saying and doing on the phone. So mm -hmm. she has caught hundreds of children, thousands now of children's bullies. And now parents can say, this is what your kid said to me. This is what your child's doing. This is what your child's saying. And this, your child is in three different illegal adult apps. Right. Like they just, the, the ball and, or they're watching porn. Like I think porn addiction now and porn watching from 14 up just went up to 427% think since about the that. end of pandemic. Think about that. Increasing violent relationships. And we expect children to have healthy sexual relationships. Not when this is what they're seeing from young, actors, actors. young, <laughs> young agers. Yep. And it warps their sense of relationship. Oh, it all that. Their sense of intimacy. Yeah. It warps their sense of love. Yeah. Friendship. All of it. I mean, I I honestly could probably talk to you for seven hours, but oh, I you... know, I know. We'll do. I I thought we'd we'd come on yeah. and we'll do part two, more sure. about how it's affecting um the the child's development overall. We'll do that, and then how these stories at schools are affecting their learning. I mean, there has to be a part two to that. So thank you so much, Katie Duffy. Thank um, you. I really appreciate you. I really appreciate what you're doing. Thank I you. I wish we could get 20 million of you to go around the world and talk about this. Schools, if you're listening, have her in, call her in. Uh, she can help you and, and you know, 
uh, Katie and I are starting to work together. We work with the athletes about creating healthy device routines. So um, hopefully you guys are listening to this and then hopefully you do something about it. Anything can be found on don'tpresssend.com. Thank you.